0: Welcome to the Collected Stories and Lies audiobook by Aaron Zevi. This story is titled Homemade Cake. My mother grew up in a large apartment on Rue Ismail Pasha in the Cairo suburb of Heliopolis. Sometime after the 1952 officer's revolution, which overthrew King Farouk and brought Gamal Abdel Nasser to power, The street was renamed Rue Baghdad. Streets often change names in the Levant, depending on how political winds blew. The apartment was well situated. There was a stop for Cairo's above-ground metro only a few meters from the house. There was a florist on the ground floor. The Kashmir Cinema, which showed movies in Arabic, was walking distance. And the open-air Normandy Cinema, which had American and Italian films, graced with both Arabic and French subtitles, was only a stop away. The fruit store and the butcher were around the corner, and what food you could not get sometime came to you on the street. This was primarily full Medames. fava beans, which were the staple of Egyptian cuisine and culture, which would arrive in a horse-drawn cart containing a huge copper pot every morning at 7 a.m. But the crown jewel of the neighborhood was across the street. It was a French bakery, a patisserie owned by a Greek family. It was called, if you can believe, homemade cake. <music> Now, Cairo in those days was not only an ancient city with a storied past, but also the epitome of what we would now refer to as a melting pot. Arabs, Greeks, French, Armenians, Brits, Copts, Turks, and Jews represented but a handful of the nations which filled the city streets. That melting pot was accompanied by all the respective languages, including English. But when my family spoke about homemade cake, I could not fathom a place with such a generic English name. Instead, I heard it in Arabic, Kek. As in Yawalad, je n'ai jamais mangé une croque en bouche aussi bonne qu'à Kek. My boy, I've never eaten as good as a croque en bouche as I did at Kek. My aunt Nundi, who lived down the road on Butros Basha Galley, became misty-eyed when talking about it. This was from a woman who was famous for her own desserts. Her baklava and konafa were a thing of legend in our family. Ronnie, she would say. Your mother lived across from heaven. You can't believe how good the pastries were at om et kek. Pronounced very quickly, with no pause between each word, as if it were only one word, it sounded like all the other Arabic names and expressions. I mean, in what world would there be a French patisserie in Cairo called homemade cake? I don't speak Arabic. I've learned a few words and phrases. I was pretty sure that om meant mother. I just thought it was someone's name, like the Swiss baker Groppi, whose famed café with the eponymous name was the place to be seen for the pashas, bays and doyens of Karen society. (music) My father lived in North Heliopolis. My uncle Henry, my mother's brother, was his best friend. Every Sunday morning he would come for breakfast and every Sunday he would stop at homemade cake before going back home in order to pick up pastries for his own family. My mother came from a family of seven brothers and sisters. All but one, my tante Gracia, who moved to Brazil, eventually landed in Montreal, Canada after being effectively thrown out of Egypt after the 1956 Suez Crisis. Although neither of my grandmothers, both of whom made the Atlantic crossing with their children, ever learned a single word of English, My father, mother, and all my aunts and uncles spoke it very well. My tante Liliane even worked as a French-English translator. My tante Odette, who says that she was so bad at math that she didn't qualify for the more academically rigorous lycée française, went to an Anglo-Arabic school. Tante Nandi became a bank manager and had to be proficient in both French and English. Both my father and Uncle Henry went to university and learned in English and Arabic. Although accented, they spoke English very well, with a rich vocabulary and proper grammar. I might be belaboring the point, but I just want to make it clear they all spoke English very well. But every time they spoke about the pâtisserie on Rue Ishmael Pasha, I never not once heard the words homemade cake. Only a cake. All the food my family was nostalgic about after leaving Egypt, the one they missed the most was not Egyptian at all. It was from homemade cake. And while they insisted that everything in the store, which even had a convenient takeout window, was absolutely delicious, the pièce de résistance was the éclair. The only debate was if they preferred the chocolate or the coffee-flavored filling. My father used to be amused by the way my uncle Henry was critical about everything on the subject of chocolate eclairs from homemade cake, there was no disagreement. No eclair, not even the Duc de Gascogne French bakery, could match those from their beloved Heliopolis Patisserie. To hear them tell it, the marvel of the eclair was not only the dough and the filling, but it was the size. It was the Egyptian equivalent of the 10-mile hike through enormous snowbanks that Canadian parents told their children. The eclairs, they said, were huge. We used to cut them in three, my mother told me more than once. I remember bringing a box of eclairs to the Egyptian poker game at the Hemispheres in Hallandale, Florida. They were to be fair from Publix, but they looked good. They thanked me for the gift, but not as effusively as I had hoped. Only Tico had the guts to speak his mind. Ronnie, you gotta understand, we ate eclairs from Omit kick These are like a kick in the balls. Omitkick. I had gone 60 years thinking that that's what it was called, and I would have happily, inshallah, gone for another 60. And I would have, were it not for a conversation I had with Tonto. Tonto, in this case, not the Lone Ranger's sidekick, but the nickname my niece Dana had anointed to my Tonto debt. A nickname which the entire family had adopted. I called her to see how she was doing. As usual, she answered with, "Zelzift merci, which means I'm shit, thanks. Which, as I said, is her default answer. But this time, she could lay some illegitimate claim. She was recovering from her second broken hip and was cooped up in her apartment because of the pandemic. Her only guest was her son, my cousin Morris, who brought her food and took her on short outings. So desperate was he to find her entertainment that he'd even begun to read to her some of my stories. Morris said that I had gotten some good laughs, but instead of a compliment, I got a complaint. Why don't I write more stories about Heliopolis and their lives in Egypt? I promise I would in my next book, and I would even write about the great chocolate eclairs of Umet She said, what? I said, Umet She said, de parles? what are you talking about? I said, the bakery crossed the street. And she said, as clear as day, to be clear, she's 85 years old. She said, homemade cake. I said, homemade cake? She said, we, oui, homemade cake. Again, clear as day. I said, I thought it was an Arabic name, Umetkeek. Then she laughed, but good. She couldn't get a word out she was laughing so hard. When she did get a word out, she was only to say Majnun, which meant crazy in Arabic. That word, I knew it was Arabic. Then she said, bye and hung up. 10 minutes later, the phone rang. It was my cousin Morris. Hey, Ron, what's up? I said, okay, okay, just go ahead and say it. Say what, he replied innocently. Just get it over with. Okay, he said. Now listen closely. I'm going to say it slowly. Homemade cake. And I said, I would kill for a chocolate eclair. And he said, yeah, me too. Homemade cake was originally published by Tumbleweed Press in not book club material. It was narrated by Morris Avrashi. Music by The Nearly Missed and ALD No Copyright Music.